listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Welcome to another edition of the summer series of Morning Agenda, where we take a look back at the really important issues that have set the agenda throughout the 2022 year. Today, we're looking at online safety. Now, with just days to go before Christmas, hopefully many of us are enjoying a well-deserved holiday right now, but right now we, and especially many young Australians, will also be spending much more time on our devices, online and also on our phones. And a number of stories have emerged this year about the dangers of social media and the online world, especially increase in bullying online and also predators disturbingly targeting many of our children, now is a perfect time to talk about how we keep safe online and what to watch out for. Earlier this month, the Australian Federal Police revealed ruthless overseas crime syndicates were now targeting Australian boys, some as young as 10, into sending nude pictures of themselves online and then blackmailing them. We're also seeing a dangerous trend with online violence and carjackings. We saw lots of stories through this year where children also as young as 10 are carrying out dangerous and deadly crimes, sometimes filming them and sending then and sharing these really dangerous videos to friends or family or sharing them online. It's a very confronting and disturbing conversation, but it's one we need to have. With technology in the online world so much now a major part of our lives, it's how we socialise, it's how we live every day, we need to work out how do we get the balance right? How do we protect ourselves and our children online? How do you pick a scam? And what do you need to do if you or your loved ones are targeted? To answer these important questions and to chat so much more about this really important topic, we are thrilled to be joined today by the eSafety Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant. Julie, thanks so much for joining us. Where do we go from there? <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm really passionate about this because it's a really important conversation, isn't it? Uh, it really is. And I was just thinking about how the internet and even streaming services have changed the way that the family you know, gets together and entertains, you know, back in the fifties, I, you know, you, you think about, you know, the, the father coming home from work, you know, sitting at the day, dinner table, going to watch, leave it to beaver, I guess in the seventies, it got a little bit more racy with, um, you know, Charlie's angels and Starsky and Hutch. But today we sit in our lounge rooms. I mean, I don't know about your family, but I have one kid on one TV, another on another TV, watching another screening service, another, um, maybe playing Roblox, we're not co-viewing and co-playing together like we once were. And so that whole idea of the nuclear family, you know, watching a, a movie or a show together isn't even happening. So we, we should talk about, um, you know, how we guide our kids through safer use, how we start having conversations with them at the dinner table. I mean, we ask them about, about school their friends and sport, we need to ask them about what they're doing online. And we also need to role model that good behavior because we can't tell them to get off Fortnite while we're scrolling through our Twitter feed at the dinner table. Um, and we, another key thing, you mentioned um, sexual extortion. Um, that's something that we've um, been witnessing since 2018. And uh, just last month, we announced for the first time that with a 70% 
increase in reports of image-based abuse, which is the non-consensual sharing of intimate images uh, and videos or the threat to share, that for the first time it's been young boys that have been reporting um, more image-based abuse to us because they have been targeted um, through fake and imposter accounts, usually with, you know, attractive women and blondes. And um, they're meeting them on TikTok and Instagram. And a, a lot of this conversation turns sexual very quickly. And uh, clearly they figured out that it's, it's, it's young boys um, that are willing to take these risks. And the minute an intimate image is shared or a sexy Skype or frisky FaceTime, that's when they start extorting them for money. So you can imagine how extraordinarily stressful and distressing this is for, for young, young men and, and young girls, but that they're often going to be reluctant to tell a parent or to tell a trusted adult for fear of being in trouble. This is where the open conversations are really important, that you're there to help them through anything, that they won't get in trouble, that you won't um, engage in device denial, which is like taking away their left arm. Um, but we need to engage in these conversations so that our kids are seeking help when they need it. Julie, it's really, and I wanted to mention that in the introduction, it's a confronting and disturbing conversation. And a lot of people just want to sweep it under the carpet, right? They don't want to know about it. I think during COVID, devices became a very easy babysitter. And we cannot, the bottom line is you cannot be watching your, especially teenager, 24-7 because they may be using a device somewhere else that you're not supervising. So what are some of those conversations we need to have? How do we start those conversations? Because you're right, a lot of them are very scared about revealing they may feel guilty, they may feel ashamed, they may feel frightened because these people are predators that are targeting these kids. Um, Absolutely. And sometimes the predators can be um, their friends at school. And this is what we see with youth-based cyberbullying all the time. Almost all online bullying that happens is an extension of conflict happening within the school gates. So you can imagine it's very menacing because it's pervasive and invasive. The bullying doesn't stop at the school gates. It can follow a child into that little supercomputer we call a smartphone that's in their pockets um, and into their homes and into their bedrooms um, at all hours of the night if that's not not being um, guarded. Um, But we also see scenarios where the the child that's bullied in the schoolyard, the only tool that they feel they have to to uh, fight back is um, is by by cyberbullying back at mm-hmm. the um, at the big bully in the schoolyard. So it's a um, very complicated social experiment, um, and we don't want our children to be the detritus. So I would start by saying, um, you and I talked about the fact that ninety five percent of Australian parents have told us that this is the most challenging parenting issue that they deal with. Yet only ten percent of them will seek out information. So I think. The holidays is a perfect time um, to start consciously sitting down and having these discussions. And at esafety.gov.au, we've got a tremendous set of resources specifically for parents, including scripts around some of those more awkward conversations, particularly about um, encountering um, violent porn online and uh, other uncomfortable subjects. Um, but we have we can't shy away from these discussions. And there are certain things, uh, rules of the road, if you will, that we need to lay down um, around um, technology use. We will make it so much easier for ourselves if we set, sit down um, when our kids are young. Um, we've got a range of technology, uh, family technology agreements that you can sit down with your, your kids um, 
to talk through what are the limitations, how many hours are you going to be online, where are you going to be engaging in online use, and, and we really recommend, particularly for younger kids, that um, they are in open areas of the home, so you can see how they're interacting with the technology, you can look over their shoulders. I can't tell you how many disturbing mm-hmm. videos that my investigators see of a, of a child being coerced into providing um, what we call self-produced child sexual abuse material, um, sexual acts for a camera, because they've been, you know, they've started speaking with a stranger online and they've been ensnared. Sometimes you can hear the parents calling for dinner in the next room. So this can literally happen, happen in under their bed. It's, it's happening. I've seen the stories that, um, Julie, it's happening in their bedrooms. Their bedrooms, their bathrooms. We've even seen videos where um, a child is in the backseat of a car. Oh. Their parent leaves to um, you know, go into the store and, and get a coffee. Um, the conversation continues where the predator tells them to take off their shirt. She does it, you know, instantaneously. And then you hear the mother coming back and the, the feed ends. So it's, it's, it really is insidious. We need to talk to the, our kids about what they're, what they're doing online. We need to know what apps they're using. Some are, some are safer than others, but any app or game, including ones that young kids use, like Roblox and like Minecraft, that have um, chat features can potentially open open the doors up to strangers reaching out to your child. So there are easy things that we can do. We can turn off chat. Um, we can um, use parental controls to make sure that you're approving who your kids talk to. I, I've got 10-year-old twins who claim that they're the only people in fifth only kids in fifth grade that don't have smartphones, and that may be close to the truth, um, so that you know they they're, they're not included in things. But the the only um, apps I let them use are, are kids messenger, so I can see I can see everything that's happening um, when they're when they're talking to the kids. And what we saw in the wake of the pandemic, you mentioned uh, using technology as a as the digital babysitter. Of course, our moms and dads used to do that while they were cooking dinner while we were growing up in front of the TV. But the TV is not an interactive device. So we, we, ha- we really have to, to remember that even if we think we're just putting our, our two-year-old um, you know, with, a, with an iPad watching a video, we've got to remember that these are interactive devices and we need to shut those down um, because it's not, just, it's not just communications with predators. Um, there are a lot, there there's a lot of content that can be spliced into you know even services like youtube kids so we we just have to be as involved in our kids online lives as we are their everyday lives julie i know we have a huge responsibility as parents but what concerns me about the online world especially in we've uh, had many chats in our program about it what young people are being exposed to i think we've almost lost a whole generation and we still don't know the enormous damage there seems to be no legislation, so I still can't come to terms with the fact that a little three-year-old can innocently type a word onto a computer and can access the most horrific graphic content. Do we need to seriously look at legislation to catch up with what's happening? Because normal broadcasters, radio stations, television stations could not broadcast any of what we could see online. Well, actually, we do have the laws in place, and um, that was what we enacted with the Online Safety Act earlier this year. 
Um, but the challenge, of course, is the internet is global That's and right. laws are national or local. Mm -hmm. I do actually have powers um, to deal with extraterritorially, but you know, we can't be policing the entire internet for mm -hmm. um, for every bit of negative content that's on there. And the other challenge is that we right now are the only online harms regulator in the world that has these extensive powers and almost all of the content that we are dealing with, the child sexual abuse material, the pro-terrorist content, um, even the the our regulatory targets, you know, the Instagrams, Facebooks, Twitters, um, the Twitches of the world, they're all domiciled overseas. So as, as, as long as, you know, the U.S. and France and the Netherlands and Russia do not have laws that make it illegal to host this kind of illegal and seriously harmful content, we are going to be playing that game of whack-a-mole. But, you know, we're the only uh, government in the world that has an image-based abuse scheme, and we have a 90% success rate in terms of getting intimate images and videos taken down from overseas sites. We're the only country in the world that has a youth-based cyberbullying scheme, so we can serve as that safety net when a child is being seriously humiliated, harassed, um, intimidated, or threatened. And we have an 88% success rate just working with the platforms collaboratively. Um, in terms of um, illegal and online content, we're in negotiations with industry right now around mandatory industry codes to put the burden back on them to be to to ensure that children um, and other Australians don't have access to um, illegal content like pro, uh, like child sexual abuse material and terrorist and violent extremism content that they're using tools to proactively monitor for that. So all of these systemic um, issues are going to take a while to to filter filter through. We're trying to lift the safety standards across um, you know across the um, the industry, but we need other countries to join us. And just last week, I was in Washington, D.C., announcing the formation of a global online safety regulators network. We're finally seeing countries like the U.K. and Ireland and France and Singapore and hopefully New Zealand setting up similar online harms regulators. Julie, thank you so much for joining us for this really important conversation and for all that you're doing in being a leader in talking about online safety and protecting our very, very precious children. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. And, and parents can go to esafety.gov.au. Those road trips are the perfect time to have those conversations. Listener.